welcome to The Confessional. I'm Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your funniest. Confess to us. No one's listening. everybody welcome to the confessional podcast my name is mike moran and i am joined by my trusty producer in chief mr jimmy seleski how are you jimmy i'm doing well dude i like producer in chief too yeah it's very festive right i week. never understood what does that mean commander in chief it's not commander and chief yeah that's that's that took I me a while to thought, figure out yeah as well. me too commander me too. and chief why is it in chief um because i guess he's a commander in a chief position as opposed to a commander and chief. So there's commanders running around that are that have nothing to do with Yeah, chiefiness? like in the Navy and stuff like that, right? You have commanders, right. and then you have like, you know, like the Kansas City Chiefs. Right, right. And then you have like, you know. Yeah, and if it's a Hispanic uh, military, you have commandos. Commandos, yes, yeah, which okay. is, I guess, yeah. All right, I think now I get that it. Down. Okay, Jimmy. Glad we got there. <laughs> uh, let's see, where can people find us if they'd like to participate participate in the confessional <laughs> if you would like to participate in this podcast uh mike posts up a topic every week at uh, on the facebook page which is facebook.com slash confessional podcast you can submit your com- confessions on that thread or just uh private message him um and then uh if you want to find the podcast uh we are on all streaming platforms spotify apple Podcasts. that's your podcast app on your iphone right. stitcher google play everything at right. confessional podcast and if if you don't have a uh, the internet you can send us a cassette tape we will dub it for you we'll send it back <laughs> just include postage please yes <laughs> uh jimmy today we have uh, a very good friend of mine this gentleman has been known throughout the baltimore music scene since i think the 40s. He was doing ragtime. <laughs> really? Yeah. Nice. He was. He had like a traveling show. He wrote the ice cream truck song. <laughs> he used to play it before they had recordings. He would sit in the back and play it on his organ. That's a good gig. That's a good gig. Uh, <laughs> here to discuss our favorite do-it-yourself projects, DIY projects, we have my friend Nico Sells. Nico, how are you, buddy? <sighs> That's our good, studio man. What's audience. Up? Oh, let me turn the applause to sign off. <laughs> there we are. Uh, Nico, how you been, man? I'm doing pretty fucking good, man. How, how, what's, uh, what's quarantine been like for you? Dude, uh, working on my house and hanging with my kids and playing music every day. Wow, that sounds like living the life. I think so, man. It's um, been a pretty good thing for me lately. Awesome. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, this, this latest musical project you got going. So, uh... Anybody knows me probably knows I have a band called Bag of Humans. Bag of Humans. We played our first show in 2002. Wow. So we're 18 so years old time. now. We're, uh, we're adults now. We're legal. Well, you can't smoke anymore because they changed the law. Uh, that, that used to kill me, man, playing gigs when they could smoke in the bars. Ugh. Yeah, because you, you were never a smoker. No, never. Well, not a smoker of nicotine. You're the only, you're the only guy from Parkville that, isn't a, that wasn't a smoker at, one, at some point. <laughs> well, what did, you know... I don't smoke cigarettes or right, nicotine, right. so we should clarify. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Just so people know that you're cool. Because I have a, <laughs> I have a problem, you know. And <laughs> let's just I'm, say I'm not I'm not perfect. I have flaws. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. We're all trying to improve. 
Uh, Nico, so Bag of Humans has been around for 18 years. It's gone through different lineup changes. But a little bit. Has that but, always been your, your main passion project? Uh, no, but it has been my heaviest project. <laughs> right. And I, I've kind of grew up on heavy music, so. Okay, I, okay. Like when this project came about, we were doing stuff like hip hop and acid jazz, and I was playing drums and rapping. And Within Bag of Humans? or No, these are the guys oh, okay. that I kind of right, right. started the band with. Right. We were doing uh, that kind of music. Uh-huh. And there was some heavy parts to it, but uh, I needed to have an outlet for okay. a straight up heavy band. Okay. Would you consider this a metal band? I would. Okay. But, you know, we've always been very eclectic. I uh-huh. think we're more of an art rock band than a metal band, but okay. we're... I also... You know, I don't want to sound uh, cocky, but I, we've been considered the heaviest band in Baltimore. Really? Yeah. The we, we, had, we had the number one, and I know Reverb Nation sucks, but we had the number one in metal for really? a while. Well, yeah. look, I I have no doubt that you guys are a great a great metal band. I know your music is great. But the heaviest, I feel like some some deathcore, you know, like yeah. doom monster band would be. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Considered heavier. I agree with that, but we we've done that. Right, you've you done know, straight up like death metal. I mean, I consider probably closer to hardcore than death metal, but okay. yeah, we've done the All death right. metal thing. Now, of course, uh, just a side note: the the um, some consider the best death metal vocalist on the planet. Cannibal Corpse is dude. from right near you, right? Corpse Grinder. Yeah, did you know him? Uh, I've met him. I don't know him. Uh-huh. I have friends uh-huh. that know him well. Right, right. Because you grew up in Parkville, and he grew up in Hamilton, I believe. I mean, I'm. I would consider myself more of a Hamilton kid. Oh, really? I went to park. I went out to the Parkville area to like go okay. to school. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he's a little bit older than us. So, but right? I moved back to Hamilton when I was adult. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Um. And uh, was he in the Ace Ventura movie? I know Cannibal Corpse was in it, but I, was that before I think he joined? He was. Well, well, I think he was. Do you I know that, that's Jimmy? funny. I saw that recently. What? You remember in Ace Ventura, there's a death metal band playing? Which one? The Pet Detective? Or <laughs> oh, dude, the, that's uh... funny, man. <laughs> yes, the Pet Detective. <laughs> he oh, walks wow. in the club and there's a metal band playing. Uh, and he's dipping through the crowd. Uh, you know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's, that's Cannibal Corpse? Yes, I believe it, yes, is. it yeah, is. That's cool. Is. Yeah. That's cool. You know, he also did the voice for the Metalocalypse. Oh, really? Yeah, he's oh, the singer wow. in that. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. Huh. That's probably his paycheck, if I had to guess. Maybe yeah. not. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, uh, what, what is this uh, particular album called? Blood on Hands. Blood B-O-H, on Hands. B-O-H, baby. Bag B-O-H. of Humans. Bo. Blood on Hands. Oh, is that? does it have a, a Natty Bow connotation, too, for no. Baltimore? No, no. more... Well, maybe, yeah. I mean, sure. Let's just throw that yeah, in. Why throw not? it in, man. F and A. I like that. We can come up with all sorts of stuff to to, to make this. I, it, there's a. I've had to come up with uh, descriptions for the band so many times, and I just call us a bohemian metal band. So. Oh, nice. Okay, <laughs> so, so kinda, there's another uh, one in there. There's oh. another one, man. Okay, all right. And how did you come up with the name Bag of Humans? Oh man. Should I be truthful or make up something stupid? <laughs> should uh, I add to the folklore or should can, I give you some truth? Can you tell us something truthful Truthful, that's yeah, stupid? Just, how about this? Uh, I'll give you a little bit of truth. This, this is right. the uh, confessional thing. There was sure. an old shirt, right? We're, we're Marylanders. So yes. crabs and right. Ocean City is a big part of our thing here. Absolutely. There was this old shirt, right? And there was this giant crab... And he was holding humans and had a 
crab hammer. Oh, so it was like the out. inverse. So like that it was like wasn't... the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but with crabs. <laughs> I guess. So. Yeah, they're no. eating the humans. What, were they eating them? And the... I thought they were just yes. making clothes out of them. No, they, they ate them. them too. They definitely ate them. <laughs> yeah, and they served them as barbecue. <laughs> Shit, yeah. You got to watch that movie again, Nico. Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, I remember him holding it wasn't the about hammer. Fashion design. I remember him holding the hammer and dropping it on the head. Remember him putting it in Grandpa's yep. hand. Oh yeah. Like some of those scenes stand out to me, but the uh... great slasher movie. Shit, yeah, man. Up there with Halloween, in my opinion. But anyway, I agree. Uh, so there was, there was about? a shirt with a a shirt with a, a very big, cute. He's a big Maryland crab on it, and right. he's like eating the humans, right? Okay. So I don't know. Bag of humans. We're always like the. The crab barrel mentality were in Baltimore. Right, right. You know, right. and it's funny. It kind of started that way, but I've I've encountered so much of it since then. Like a lot of areas, you'll see a camaraderie in the music scene. Uh huh. And I think there's a lot of that here. Sure. But I also feel like there's a lot of, uh, you know, your competition. Yeah. You know, the minute, yeah. The minute you're, like, you might even see that now with the comedian thing absolutely i, I mean i see that way more because i'm not as immersed in the comedy scene as you as a music scene as you and jimmy are but yeah dude i it's 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 toxic it can be really toxic like Shoot. the vast majority of people are cool but uh yeah it's i often think like if it's this nasty at this level like i don't think i want to be famous you know yeah. like but i think that's another thing man is like i've realized more too is if they're they're working mm-hmm and got their own thing going on, they're super cool. The hang's cool. Right, right. It always seems to go that way, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, But man. I, I like, will say there are some scummy people that are definitely doing well. Like really? Some, yeah, some, some of the bad guys <laughs> I win. agree with you. I agree with you. Right, yeah. I, I mean, guess, like, you know, I hate to make stereotypes about it too, man. But. Well, most I do agree that most successful people these days are usually pretty cool. Yeah. Like, you, you have to kind of be cool. You can't be sure. a jerk. Like, you, you know, everything's transparent. It's such a small but, world now, But too. there are some manipulators that are definitely still on top. Yeah. For it's real. such a small world too, and in our in our in our little area, uh -huh. everybody knows each other somehow. Yeah, yeah. Once yeah. you get into, once you get your feet in in there, right, you're not getting out. Well, I'm just saying, everybody knows nails. each other. You yeah. know what I mean? So if you're sure. if you do something, mess up at this gig or right, something, right, right, nobody's gonna really have you, dude. You mm -hmm, know. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know. I guess people forget about stuff too because you'll see people kind of get pushed out. Yeah. And then like a little time goes right, by right. and they're back in. I find that if if you're just cool to people and honest and don't rip people off, it usually turns out fine. Even though yeah. even though none of us are perfect. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but would you say how do, how do you feel about this project? Is it one of your, your more favorite albums that you've Dude, created? Um well, you know what's cool about this one, man, is uh it was like I mean I could talk about it a lot, but this one is I didn't we didn't spend a lot of time on it, man. Okay. I had Alex fly in from Vegas. Mm. He played bass, and I had Mike Von Bank. Mike Von Bank and I had started. We've known each other our, almost all our lives, but whatever. But uh, since 2020 started, we've been getting together once a week or mm. every other week, and working on some music. Usually, we just get drunk and make noise. Sure. But he's been writing some lyrics to some riffs I had been making. But then the uh, quarantine happened. Every day I go in my basement, I'm making loops on my guitar. Mm -hmm. I wake up the next day and start wailing on my drums okay. to the loops I made. 
So then uh, I started telling these guys, man, we need to do something. Sure. You know, we need it. So I, I booked something with Alex. He flew in. He got a plane ticket. So July 28th, I think, through August 2nd, we did most of the tracking. And what I'm telling you is really cool is that we everything's like one or two takes, man. Nice. Everything is one awesome. or two takes, and that's why I'm real stoked about it. Cool. How many songs? Five. Five it's songs. A, it's a short thing, sure. you know. It's an EP, but it's uh. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's do out. Al- does the album format even have any rules anymore? I mean, not it's at just, all. It's just create what you want. Yeah, you know? it's always been that way, and people just disguised it. Right, right. Do you um do you have like a uh, do do you? It seems like you get into like the cover art and everything. Still yeah, too. man. Like, you I seem uh, to care about those things, dude. Which I, I love it, man. Like it. it I, I can't wait to give you the physical one, man, because mm-hmm. I had this idea for this uh, for the cover. <laughs> this is a cool story. Back in the day, we were playing Bag of Humans stuff. It was mm-hmm. one of our early sets. A place called the Shamrock. Yeah. Terry Terry's one of the only guys that'll book you if you got nothing going on, right? <laughs> and back in the day, he used to pay you. Now he, he makes sure you have people come out. Right, before. right. So back in the day, this is one of our early gigs, you know, where we were just getting paid straight up, and we're jamming. And we were playing some goofy shit like Metallica and some other stuff, right? And uh, John Waters walks in the door. No way. Yeah, he used to come out all the time, bro. Really? I've yeah. seen him out in the city a few times. And um, my friend Spencer was wilding out, moshing Whoa. to us playing, right? And he slams these two bottles down on the table and cuts his hands wide open. And he's splashing blood. Oh, he's my splashing God. blood all over the, the place wow. while we're playing. And John Waters, he was there for a while watching us, but then he puts his finger up in the air and exclaims, I can't stomach this. <laughs> and, and that was our... Uh, you, that was our, You made John Waters <laughs> nauseous. Yes, dude. Wow. That so is that a was, feat in that was our, uh, That was our press quote, bro. Really? <laughs> John Waters, I can't Whoa. stomach this. Oh, that's amazing. And he, he exclaimed the two with his finger in the air, you know, so... Uh. so um, then to get back to this, our buddy, my buddy Robbie, used, he played drums in the band and stuff. Uh, he took a picture of Spencer's hands all bloody outside right. of the shamrock, and I was going to use that as the cover. Okay, but I couldn't get in touch with Robbie. Man, he like uh, disappeared off the face of the earth, and uh, this was going to be this huge, you know, thing. And I was going to call Spencer because he was a fan of the band and be uh-huh. like, "You're going to be on the cover." Bit so, of a stigmata type of thing, sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then it, the whole thing switched up because I couldn't really use that picture, and uh, I made a painting for it. Okay. And it's kind of like a collage. It's got barbed wire and all kinds of cool stuff. And I came up with a cool idea that we were gonna do a handshake. Oh, uh, um, all right. Because it's like, like handshakes. Handshakes at this point are like uh, taboo, right? <laughs> Let alone bloody handshakes. Let alone a bloody handshake. Uh, so it's kind of like a blood pact that Vons right. and I had that we were gonna put an album out by Halloween, bro. So all Devil's right. Night, 10, 30, 20, awesome. I dropped a Bag of Humans record awesome. on all the streaming services. Great, man. Great. Fucking A, man. And uh, so, so people can find that uh, where? Um, anything you like, man. Spotify, all that shit. Um, YouTube, what else? What else? So you put it, Title, you put I it guess. everywhere. Yeah, I did. I did the DistroKid thing this time. What does that mean? It's a service that uh, I guess you own all your publishing and shit, but they put it on the streamings for you. Okay. You know cool. what I mean? Cool. All right. Awesome, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, let's get into a confession here. And again, the subject is DIY art. This is from Loy Lee, Las Vegas, Nevada, the nice. aforementioned Las Vegas. Maybe nice. you know your bassist. 
Uh, during COVID lockdown, we aren't allowed to gather in groups, and live entertainment has been completely canceled. After, I disagree with that, but continue. All right. After 131 days without live stand-up comedy, I decided to record my first comedy album. In accordance with social distancing and being social responsible, I recorded it without a crowd, with a very small self-funded budget. Asian, Asian Privilege was recorded with a three-person crew, written, performed, directed, and edited by me. Asian Privilege is free on YouTube and can also Sounds be like he's anywhere. just trying to get a, a shout-out here. Well, that's all right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, bro. I told him it was fine. Spotify, Apple it. Music, Google Music title, band Pandora. What's the title again? Uh, Asian Privilege. And I watched nice. some of it, and it's very good. He's doing it to no one, and it's still, it still really, really? kind of works. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you I've don't need laughs. I've few, seen a few things where it works. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, think about it. You don't need a laugh track necessarily for something to be funny. I actually think it, the laugh track pulls away from Right. I mean, obviously, it's not the same as a sitcom, but can that work for things like stand-up comedy, having no laughter? Man, I think that you, yeah, I think you can laugh and have, and put it out to an audience and have a blast with it, but I think that for stand-up comedy, Uh it just helps to... Sure. To interact sure. with people, man. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's easy. It, it, well, you know, when we started doing this stuff, like um, online show, like su- like streaming shows and stuff, it was really hard. It was really freaking I don't think people uh, agree with me as much, but I think the music thing, you need to do it the same way. I uh-huh. think you need to bounce it off of real people before right. you can, but people don't look at it that yeah. way. Yeah. Know? Well, for us, I mean, it's just... For stand-up, you almost never, ever do it without an audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's in in history. But you're right, like, you writing without an audience, though. True, true, true. And that's the same with, like, writing a song. You're, you're going to play it, mm, but mm. until you're bouncing it off of people. Right, right. But it has. I have gotten a lot more comfortable with it since then. Dude, can I tell you one that I, I've been fanboying over the new Mr. Bungle album. Uh-huh. It's rare for me to do that, right. but I was an old school fan, yeah. so when they dropped this, I was into it. But anyway, I got the home concert, and Neil Hamburger opens for him. Do you know who that is? No. Ah, uh, bro. Okay. Neil Hamburger's an old school comedian. He used okay. to open for Bungle all the time. Really? And he's got a lot of music jokes and stuff. Okay, I'll check him out. But in this live concert they just did Halloween, uh-huh. he opens for it, and there's no... It's crickets, you know, but it's like... <laughs> That's awesome. He he does it well. Right, right. You know, and it, yeah. we were all laughing at his jokes. So this know? new Mr. Bungle album is, they took an old demo, right? They yep. took like their first demo and they re-recorded it. Pretty correct? much, yeah. And you're a fan of it? I am. And it has Dave Lombardo and Scott Ian filling, yep. filling in. Well, not filling in. They asked him to do it because it's all thrash. Okay. It's right. an all thrash album, uh-huh. thrash metal. But it's like... But it's Pretty like, much. But it's it's not. I wouldn't say it's straight up thrash though. It's a it's like silly fun kind of thrash. Like no. there's, there's have a you sense listened of, to it? Yeah, I feel like there's a sense of humor to it. You don't well, think so? Well, yeah, I definitely think so. You know, mm. he even talks about that in the uh, live thing because they do like an interview and he's saying, you know, we always thought it was metal, but it's really Laurel and Hardy metal. Right. You know, when right. we went when we go back and he's like everything we do is a little off kilter. Yeah, yeah, and that's like why they had trouble finding a a deal back in the day. Uh, maybe. For, well, that's that's what I I heard Mike Patton say something to that effect. Yeah, I mean, like, I, they used to say they couldn't get a deal, but he got in the faith no more right. when he was really young. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then they treated him 
mm. like royalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I relate to that because I feel like the bag of humans, like it's supposed to be this dark, heavy thing, yeah. and then it always ends up being more comical. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Kind of like the resident. It's a good balance. Era. It feels natural. You know. Yeah, man. Is um, have you ever had a flirtation with a with a uh, major label or anything like that? Uh, not really. No. I mean, I've I've sat at the table and talked a couple times. Well, that's flirtation. Yeah, yeah, I know. I guess. <laughs> but it wasn't like I was signing some awesome deal if I did. Right. Well, who 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 were you talking like independent labels? Just, yeah, just okay. little. Like the ones around town. Yeah, are people still doing independent like labels, or or is everybody but just I've, putting it out since themselves? day one? I've mm-hmm. had this thing called Pretend Industries. I came up with it in like '99. Right, right. I started at LLC in like '02 or something. Okay. Like right around when I had the band, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's always been like the label. Okay, you what, know, because I always Jimmy? saw through that stuff. Right, right. Have what you ever uh, can do you do you do like local labels at all, or do you just? I I think the the like what is a label now? the benefit yeah. of a label is slowly starting to go away right um particularly i would say particularly with independent labels because i guess the primary goal of a label back in the day was you know when, yeah distribution when there wasn't the internet or anything you kind of had to go through a publisher right. to get your stuff on radio stations and things like that now most labels don't even want to deal with you until you've established a following already because they right. understand that you know they could invest all this money in an act or a band or whatever and then you know some kid could drop a song on SoundCloud and become mm. the number one mm. song in the country meanwhile they have 2 million dollars invested in this yeah. artist yeah. so they don't even want to really touch the days of like going out and finding people and uh-huh. like uh-huh. auditioning like they used to do in Motown like hey you're good looking you can sing that kind of doesn't exist anymore they kind of want you to do your own thing which is why, especially with independent labels where they're kind of working with a lower budget, it's right. like, well, what can you really do for us mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. can't do for ourselves? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. It's crazy how that flipped so hard because, like, right before all the internet uh, Napster stuff, the record industry was at like an all time high, like around like 99, 2000. It was like they were selling CDs like nobody's business, and I heard they they were even like they were just signing every like all sorts of people and just mm-hmm. throwing stuff out there to see what, what sticks, and they were even like putting songs on the radio without you know like albums out and stuff just to see hmm. if it catches on, mm-hmm. and then overnight, bang. Yep, they probably saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, maybe it does seem like everybody released a greatest hits album around that time too. Like they're like, we got to get one more CD. Yeah, one there. last push of just uh, you know. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, you don't feel like they still kind of do it with, like, with this whole record store day thing. Yeah, and then they're yeah. saying like LPs are outselling. Yeah, CDs yeah, but there's no way it touches the sales of think like so? the Backstreet Boys days of nineties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when there's yeah, I mean, it sure it like, probably doesn't it? touch it, but I bet you. I bet you some of the artists make more money now. Really? Why? Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just speculating, but like even let's talk about the bungle thing. Like um I think even Faith No More released on Epicac released recently, didn't they? Uh they had an album a few years ago. Yeah, the one that just came out, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think it's on Epicac, which is Patton's label. Uh you know what I mean? So, so they, saying, everybody can own their own stuff now and get all yeah, the revenue. Yeah, I feel like revenue. like musicians are trying to own their yeah, right, right, own, own it, their masters more. So 
when you get a publishing deal or whatever, or somebody publishes for you, uh -huh. when they, it's split, it's odd, they split it into 200%. percent mm -hmm. you are publishing, your royalties. And when you do it with a publisher, they get 100% and you get 100%. The writers get 100%. How do two people get 100%? See, that's why I'm saying it's strange the way they word it. All right. And not a lot of people know about this. Okay. It's uh, when you get into ASCAP or BMI and you, and you put your songs in there uh -huh. and you start performing them live. Right. And you're getting your royalties for doing that and stuff. And, and, and I'm assuming it's the same with when they play it on the radio. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you get, your, you get a... A little bit of money, right? Uh -huh. Your royalties, it, is, and is it's there split any, in half right. with the publishing right, people. Right, so right. now, you you get two hundred percent if you're a writer and you do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay, and a lot of people don't know about this. They don't know how to do this stuff. Okay, but I've been doing it for the past like two years. So and are you able quarterly? To, uh -huh. I get a, a little check. Yeah, yeah. Usually it's twenty or thirty bucks. Okay, because I I just got whatever going right, out there, right. right? And I'll try to do a little bit of live. Shit, but like in 2019, I played a bunch of music festivals out in the streets and stuff, and mm. I just put those numbers in, and ended up getting like 300 bucks. Hmm. I increased it by 100 percent. Nice, or a thousand percent, or whatever that ends up being. So, can is it possible in the future? Do you think you'll ever be making serious money off songs? What do you consider serious money? Uh, covering the costs. And, uh, you know, just making a profit. I mean, I've been doing this thing all my life. Uh -huh. And I have a house and a family yeah. and a ton of guitars. Yeah. And I consider myself successful. Yeah, and you I don't seem care like what it. people think. Right, right. Yeah, no, you know that's what, I mean? what I'm saying. It is impressive that you're able to, you know, have... Because you're a full-time musician, right? I'm a, I mean, I'm a hustler, dude. I make art. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I do a lot of stagehand gigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do like sound. You know, and stuff, I like and I do. Yeah, I have a sound engineer little degree right, in sound right. engineering and shit. And, yeah, and I do a lot of fill-in stuff. You know, mm -hmm. so I'm just trying to keep the boat floating yeah. by doing this and not and and keeping my dignity mm -hmm. and building my own thing. Right, right. And that's what the DIY thing is because like, I'll get friend. I have a friend. He gets so frustrated and so discouraged playing in these cover bands. Uh huh. He gets paid well. Generally, more than my pay will be because uh -huh. I'm booking in these certain places and he's doing more corporate stuff. Right. And he'll complain to me and complain to me. I'm like, that's why you need to do have your own thing going. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can, you can do all these other gigs and fill in and keep your calendar full, but make sure you have your own thing that you're cultivating so, uh -huh. so you maintain your dignity and you feel good about it. Right, right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You agree, Jimmy? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, for the longest time, because um, that's actually how I make my living, too, is actually playing a lot of those like cover gigs and things like mm -hmm. that. And for the longest time, I didn't want to get into it uh, because I just had this kind of like hesitancy uh, to 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 be just be a guy who plays covers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then I found a way to make it work. You know, the way I thought about it was, you know, with the studio and everything like that, working at I was working at Cheesecake Factory serving tables. And I thought, you know, that's not necessarily maintaining my dignity either. If I could, if I could make that amount of money and get paid to do it playing guitar mm -hmm. instead of serving people 
you know, spaghetti and meatballs, then <laughs> right. why wouldn't nothing I do that? Nothing wrong with spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> nothing wrong with it. No, we, we want to make that clear. We have nothing against yeah, spaghetti yeah, yeah. and meatballs. Or, or even waiting. Come at it. Oh, we're yeah. we're right. saying, Absolutely. you know, right. there's nothing wrong with waiting as long as you're not doing it like in the movie. I just pulled that up. <laughs> Remember that shit? As long as you're not doing it like uh, 90% of the restaurants I worked at yeah. in my 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as, as, long as you're not waiting. But uh, no, it was, it was kind of like there is this kind of uh, stigma around it where there's yeah. Like, are you a cover artist or are you an original artist? And it's like the way I looked at it was like, well, I play, you know, before the whole shutdown and everything, I was playing five gigs a week, either solo or with the band. And I was like, you know, we're getting better. We're throwing in our originals while we're doing it. And also we take that money and invest it in recording our original stuff and, and, and doing yeah. th other things. So it's like, you got to make it work for you. If you, I, so many guys I know, they just kind of fall into it because it is easy to fall into just like playing these games. It becomes a paycheck, like you're punching in. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And, yep. and then you, it's like if you're not, you know, if you're not, like you said, cultivating your own thing, then that's where it does become a dead end type of cycle. Yep. It's hard to fight, you know, but you got to. Yeah, it seems like people are figuring it out, you know, like it's, it's, a, it's a wild new frontier, but everybody seems to be making it work, you know, like you got to, you got to figure it out for yourself yeah. these days. Like, I, you know, I'm doing all the things. I want to do, and I don't. I don't know how, but I'm just doing them. You know what I mean? That's all it seems there is to, work to it. Out. Yeah. People yeah. say, "How do you do it?" Well, you do it. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. I want to play guitar. Well, play guitar. It, it, see if I pick it up. If I sit down and think about it too much, yeah. Then I'm like, uh, option I'm paralysis. Screwed. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm like, there's no way I can do all. How am I going to afford this and that? And like, what, what am I? Where's the time? Man, for that's this? why I'm but here talking just, about this. If you this, just do though, it man. and keep the energy positive, it seems to work. That's why I'm here talking about this, though, man, because. <laughs> because you got to just do it, right? Yeah. We needed to put an album out. We wanted to, or at least I wanted to. I recorded it, did everything, and then I kind of started getting, like you're saying, you get in this area where... So I was like, I need to bring somebody else in. I ended up paying $1,000 to put this out. I, since confessional, I don't care. Sure. Yeah. But I paid $666 to mix it with Frank, get mixing lessons. Exactly $666. Yeah. That's badass. Yeah. And that so was... It was was it that was, intentional? Uh, no, it ended up being six hundred and sixty dollars, and then we got him pizza, and he owed us six six dollars for it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but then I paid uh, like four hundred or whatever for the um, mastering. Okay. So that kind of sucks that I had to do that. But my point of the, of this was with the art, I took stuff from all around my house, which I've been collecting art supplies mm. for years. And you have a good. Uh, uh Toy collection too. Yeah, I do. He's got like a museum of action figures. That's <laughs> cool. That's another way that I do this hustling thing. I don't buy a guitar unless I know that I'm getting an awesome deal and I can turn around and sell it for at least get my money back or make a few dollars. Right. Right. I've been doing this all my life. Mm -hmm. My cousin sold me a uh, me and my mom a '69 Camaro when I was young, and I kicked myself wow. in the ass all my life because I shouldn't have sold it. But I ended up doubling my money with that uh -huh, uh -huh. and buying a motorcycle and two turntables and a mix and mixer wow. two turntables and a microphone and went out gigging <laughs> well, yeah that's probably the better option yeah so I, shit man real quick though on this diy thing i made you something yeah yeah i made you just diy nunchuckers oh nice <laughs> i thought well, it'd be sweet. i thought it'd be a little little fun for that thanks dude what, and is there, here jimmy is there nunchucks in here here, Jimmy, here's my CD, my old CDs. I wanted to have the oh. new one. They're not going to come out. In, well, Sweet. it came out streaming, but it's not going to be here till Monday or Tuesday. This is awesome. I like this cover. I like this. This cover is, I'm catching like an eyeball there. Is this like a zombie? Yeah, that, it's uh, like a zombie kind of guy. Let me see. I like that. 
Yeah, all my albums I've done see. all the artwork, you cool. know. Those, yeah. That's Gift Horse. That was my second solo record. My useless self. Those are both uh, paintings, the nice. front and back. So is this a I different did. project? This. Uh, yeah, that's more my indie rock emo stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah, you, shit, yeah. yeah, no problem. I, I, think, man. I definitely attempted to make some of these when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it'd be it right. a funny joke, right? That's great. Didn't you have nunchucks in here, Jimmy, somewhere? Uh, no, just the spiked bat. I had the spiked bat, and I have a... Um, this is called. Just a, don't hit yourself in the head with them. This is called a cookery. I used to all the time as a kid. I used to work at Seasons Pizza with Whoa. a bunch of Nepalese guys, and I went to the gun show in like 2014, and I bought a shotgun. And then they told me that I should get this because this is what the Nepalese special forces use. Wow, like curved blade. Wow. And I was like, this is pretty sick. What's that called? Man. It's called a kukri. Kukri. And the uh, the the Nepalese special forces are called Gurkhas. Huh. Gurkhas. Yeah, I, I had a good friend from Nepal. He was yeah, really cool. A, I, I was. I, I feel like there's a pretty high Nepalese population in Baltimore. Yeah, there. There is. Some, according that? to my friend, there's some um, sort of I'm program. Sh- I don't think it's meant to be thrown. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's just like something about the curvature of the blade. Chopping them in half. Yeah, yeah. There's some kind of some kind of Nepalese science <laughs> to it. We'll, we'll take pictures of these for the Facebook page. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, all right, thank you, Nico. You're welcome, man. Uh, let's see. We I got figured one. that was like how it goes at these sure, podcasts. Absolutely, I to... love it. I'm stoked to be here, everybody. I've been waiting to come on Mike's podcast for a while. Yeah, man. Thanks we're for happy having to me, have bro. you. Of course, thank you. I'm just happy to do an in-person one. Do the internet ones are stressful. Yeah, they are hard with the uh, uh, delays and whatnot. This one's mm-hmm. from Ian Bonds, The Plains, Illinois. The plane boss. The plane. Do, do, do you know him? I think he's actually from Baltimore. Ian, What's his name? Insane Ian Bonds. Does like sure, like dude. weird out type of stuff. Uh, I did a concept album about the internet. It's not perfect. Some of the skits ran a bit too long, but it's a huge project that I'm immensely proud of. Um, you can find that at Bandcamp. Uh, just look for Insane Ian, and the album's called Internet Famous. Also, more recently, a tribute album for the comedy band Ninja Sex Party that I produced. Got a bunch of great artists together to pay tribute to this band for their 10-year anniversary, hearing back from the band that they loved it, made it all worth it. Sweet. You ever do anything like that, Nico? Like a like a tribute album? Oh, man. That would be that would be kind of a fun project, honestly. I've started, actually. Yeah. Um, and I give credit to you. I started that Misfit stuff. Oh, nice. I got Die Die all locked in. Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just then, for, uh, uh, for listeners, Nico and I usually... Uh, you, well, the last two Christmases we've done the Christmas fits. Are we going to do it this year? We need to do something. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, the the show that we normally do it at, I don't think is running. Oh, you right know now. what? When I said I disagree, that person said no live entertainment. Uh huh. I meant to touch on that. I didn't want to sound like a dick. Sure. Uh, I've been doing outdoor gigs. Yeah, yeah. And um, playing covers yeah. and stuff, and and now they're starting to. Yeah, I'm gonna do. Shows. I'm gonna do a um, social distancing comedy show at uh, at um, Soundstage. That's the one the coming up. Yeah, the comedy calamari. Cool. Which I'm hoping to make a regular thing. We're gonna have Alex Hooper from America's Got Talent. His pug calendar is right there, which was nice. endorsed on Ellen. And then I think we might have oh, really? uh, another another uh, name that that most people know, but I don't want to say it yet for the second one. If it's, if the first one's successful. Nice. Are um, they doing any more open mics? For the comedy or anything? Yeah, here and there, here and there. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a few. There's definitely online ones. That's become the big thing. And we're actually kind of making those work. Like I said at first, they were kind of awkward. But now we're kind of getting, people seem to be getting the, the, the rhythm to get, down. I told you I was go, I was started going down to the 
sidebar open mic. Did you? Yeah, I was going down I don't there. Think you a told, bit, you told uh, me that you wanted you you wanted to go to open mics. Yeah. But I didn't know you'd been going down there. I went down there twice. Yeah, and, you How know, was it? the first time that I just I didn't do it right. Uh, I just sat in the back and listened to him, sure. and I was like, eh. You know, <laughs> I, this isn't right. this isn't the spot, but I feel dumb. No, I wish no, I would have no, done it. No, it's a good it's a good mic. It's a good mic. I yeah. mean, it's an open mic, so it's like people are trying out their new stuff. Yeah. You never quite know how how good or bad it's going to be. Yeah. But overall, that is a good mic. But I, I, I want to do it though, man. I'm trying to. Yeah. You know, and actually, Dark Mark, who runs it, will be on the first comedy calamari. Cool. Yeah, he's funny. Yeah, he's he cool, dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. We had what did, what did we discuss with him on here, Jimmy? Do you remember? I can't recall. He's been on he's been on my podcast so many times. He's a he's just a friend of the studio. Yeah, I think it was sci-fi horror with Mark. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. All right. Uh let's see. We got another uh another confession here. This is from <clears throat> our friend Brad Gunson. Nice. Yeah. I told him you were gonna be on. He wanted cool. to contribute. Yeah, he said he really enjoys your stuff. Oh, I love um, Brad. Where does he? I think he lives in Frederick, Fredericksburg. Which one? I always get those two confused. Fredericksburg is in Virginia, I think. Frederick Fred's, is Maryland. Okay, okay. And it's weird how like <laughs> Frederick is like more southerny feeling than Fredericksburg. Have you notice that? I seventy, right? They're both out I seventy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brad says a decade ago, I was in grad school around lots of talented musicians, students, and professionals, and teachers and was able to exercise my big band writing abilities and try things out and learn and perform it all around NYC. Uh, that stands for New York City, Nico. Mm. Oh. And abroad in Europe and the Middle East. Manzanas. <laughs> one piece in particular was a feature for one of my favorite musicians, NYC guitarist Wayne Kratz called oh. Honey Love Sugar. Wayne Kratz. Wayne Kratz called Honey Love Sugar slash Signals. I pulled ideas from several of his songs, which are just trio and put them into a large ensemble setting. At least I pronounced ensemble right, because that's a hard one. I wrote it ensemble. on a... Ensemble. <laughs> ensemble. I wrote it on a layover flight from NYC to Paris, and, I, and it was premiered on a street festival in Florence, Italy, a few days later. I was able to get a band and concert together to play again and record it back in NYC a few months later. It was the final of a two-and-a-half-hour show I put on and came off better than I could have hoped. <laughs> sort of a dream come true. Wayne Krantz played it, right, with him? I remember seeing some yes, of this. Yes, Dude, yes. Dude, amazing. Bravo, Brad. Absolutely. I watched a little bit of that, man. Yeah? Or something. I remember he posted it, and I saw a little. I was cool. way stoked. Cool. Wayne Krantz is one of my favorite jazz guitarists as, yeah. as well. Okay. I don't Do listen to him a whole lot. I'm not real familiar with the uh, titles, uh-huh. song titles, but I had it in some playlists, and I just I think he's great. Cool. Nice. So what's the question, though? There's no question. He's no question. He's just just <laughs> dropping a he's just dropping a shout out like everybody else. That's what we do here in the show. I thought they put in questions. No, I mean sometimes, but that's not the point of it. Brad, I love you, man. Fucking good to hear from you. Yeah, Brad's a good guy. Do you know Brad, Jimmy? <clears throat> Brad Gunson. The name sounds super familiar. Yeah. I don't think well, he uh, has Gunson Roses. Guns, Guns, Guns and, and Roses. Roses. Yes. There's two. There's two. There's another. Uh, there's another band, Guns and Roses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that what you're gonna say, Jimmy? There's like there's two <laughs> bands that sound like that. What are they? No, there's a Fell's Point band. Has, uh, has somebody told Brad? Oh, that I know another you're talking band about Guns and Roses. Puns uh, and, yeah, Puns yeah, and Roses. Has has someone told either about. of those bands about Guns and Roses? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's gonna... actually how I came up with the name Bag of Humans. They said Guns and Roses is the best band name out there, and I said, well. 
buns and hoses, uh, bag of humans. That's right. where it came from. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. I yeah, can see the progression out. there. Yeah. Smooth trajectory. Absolutely. But uh, Brad sent me some tracks when the, the um, pandemic and shit happened. Okay. And he, I think it was just a guitar track and a metronome or something. And I think he sent me the chord charts, but I did drums, like a bass, a good lead guitar. Wow. And I sent it all back to him. He's like, and I was supposed to videotape myself doing it, but like I'm new to the sure to the internet shit. I just got a GoPro. You and just stuff got on the internet just a week ago. Yeah, man. Just during the pandemic, yeah, I've AOL really been accounts. diving into this right, uh, Facebook right. thing. You know what you really need to check out, Nico? <laughs> Pornography. Whoa. You are not going to believe it. It's I've heard heard tales, rumors. If I could, if I could send one message to my 18 year old self, depressed self, it's like. Hang in Don't there, worry. Buddy. You're not you're porn not gonna believe. Coming. Yeah. <laughs> the best porn stars aren't on there though. They're, they're, they got the paid sites. Oh, we got Mr. We got Mr. Hipster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, like I only like the old That's better. A jerk. <laughs> That's a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Is there uh, anything else you'd like to uh, discuss or plug before we wrap it up, Nico? It's uh, once nah, again man. people can find you where. I'm happy to tell everybody about the new record. Bag of Humans, Blood on Hands. Type it in your... Uh... Well, I actually have one of the songs queued up. Nice. All right, let's listen to it. Um, and this is... One second. This Put is... the needle right there on the... Yeah, let me drop it on. This record. is uh, this one's called The Fire. Right? Sweet. Off the new EP. The Fire, not and Fire. It, it goes a little something like this.
Okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't sure if that was a pause or an ending. Yeah, that pause. was great, man. That was beautiful. That was Thank you. That was you singing? Uh, no, that was my buddy Vons. I'm doing the background vocal. In oh, the okay, verse. okay, cool, cool, cool. What, um, why do you, why is it called the fire? Um, I mean, like I said, that's Von Bank. He wrote that. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, that's great. I gave him and I worked on the topic, okay. and he rolled with it. Right. I'm singing some of the background part in that one. Yeah, yeah. I did lead on uh, "Winning Now" and "War Store." If you're listening on the album, okay. And he did. What's lead "War Store" about? Uh, that's just the. Uh, kind of political one you know yeah yeah okay. there you go all right all right well that yeah that uh, sounds awesome the band Dude. is bag of humans the album is blood on hands nice jimmy mike platforms. thank you guys that of course, was awesome man. man thank you yeah you're welcome back anytime sweet let's right. do it absolutely uh thanks everybody for listening and um anything you'd like to say jimmy before we go uh we'll see you next time on the confessional peace